Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. So you get a lucky treat today. It's been a minute since we've had a guest on the Strategy Hour podcast, but we absolutely had to bring our friend Abby Ashley on so you could hear more about what she's got going on with hiring and tips and conversations from a multi-million dollar CEO on how she's navigated hiring in her business. And we share some of our own personal anecdotes that we've learned throughout the years here at Boss Project as well. Abby Ashley is the founder and CEO of Hello Savvy, a new hiring platform that focuses on culture and community. Abby has been named one of Forbes' next 1,000 up-and-coming entrepreneurs, Inc. Magazine's top 100 female entrepreneurs, and Hello Savvy's sister company, The Virtual Savvy, has been placed on the Inc. 5000 list for 2021 and 2022, and has been awarded one of Inc. Magazine's best places to work. With a focus on team culture and serve first motto among her team, her team went from six to 14 team members and over 3 million in annual revenue. Her passion is helping other entrepreneurs creatively carve their own path through flexible work via online business. And today we're talking about hiring well so that you can grow your business. So we're sharing a lot of mistakes and our own sort of mental growth that was needed in order for us to fully step into our spots as leaders and as co-founders and how to navigate some of the hard decisions that just come from hiring and delegating and training and doing it wrong and messing it up and letting people go and people leaving and really truly understanding what your role as the co-founder is and how that shifts as you hire and some of that, how it's different between contractors and employees. And as you're kind of expanding your department, really how to do that while focusing on facts and feelings, because you know, we like to prioritize both around here. So I'm super excited for you to dive into this episode. We have a really good chat. You hear a lot, a lot of information behind the scenes. And then you'll hear about Abby's brand new product that she just was able to launch this year. It's been years in the making, but it is finally live. And so we talk about that like at the very, very end, but this one's really, really meaty. Give it a listen. Let me know your thoughts over on Instagram at Boss Project. 
Hey, Abby, welcome to the show. Hey, ladies. I'm really excited to be here. It's been forever, but I'm excited to just have you today and... I want to hear all the things. You just went on a TV. I feel like you've gotten to see Abby like twice before I have. I don't know why you haven't made time. I've been out of town every time. I think think she visits intentionally when I'm out of town so she doesn't have to see me. I do. I secretly message Abby Uh and I say, hey, is Emily out this week? Because if so, I'm coming up. (laughs) If so, because I can't, I just physically can't be in the same room with two Abbeys at the same time. It's very confusing for my brain. It it is a little confusing, but I've been calling you by your last name as we've been (laughs) prepping for this interview. (laughs) Well, I do want to hear though, you took your team to where? Where'd you go? Yeah. So every year we do an annual team retreat. And so since we're all in a remote work environment, we love the idea of getting to meet each other in real life. So there were actually people on our team who had never met each other just in real life. So we once a year go somewhere, we just rented a you know, an Airbnb, just a big house in Florida. And it's funny because I've been doing these types of retreats for, I think it's our fourth one now that we've done. And in the beginning, it was very like, where it's a planning retreat. We're going to go and we're going to plan and we're going to like map out the whole year and all this. And it's funny because every single year gets less and less planning and more and more like, let's play mafia. <laughs> let's like, yes. so, you know, just like have a karaoke night or whatever. And so it's very much just a time to connect. We do a little bit because there is a lot of power in brainstorming in one room, but over time it's kind of become this, you know, planning can happen remotely fairly easier. Like what's the power of being together and the power of being together is brainstorming and connection. And so that's really what the whole weekend is. It was so beautiful. I saw your photos and it's something we've always wanted to do, but just like haven't figured out what makes sense. I know culture is going to be a big part of our conversation today, but I love like your obsession with your team from day one has been really cool. And I feel like you've prioritized. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you've prioritized that in a really cool way. It's something, and I'll be honest, like it's not always easy. I think that's the, like, you know, Instagram shows like the big fun house and us all dancing on a reel, but like, it doesn't show like the more that you're open with your team and real and form real relationships, it opens up to like, real issues and real problems that can't just be solved like super quick. And like, emotions. You know? yeah, yeah. So it's the ups and downs and there's different ways of doing business and not every single person, you know, does it in that way. Or I think for me, that's a lot of my personality is just like, let's just be real with each other. Let's just have a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. I'm an Enneagram 7. So like, let's just have so much fun. And so that's the way that I lead. And so I think that, yeah, team culture is important. But like, for me, the team culture part of it is I like to have fun. So we have a lot of fun with our team. Yeah. Well, it's like the conversation we've kind of had behind the scenes is like figuring out what that line of I think there's kind of like at least two or three steps to this line of thinking, right? Of the relationships that you have with your team as the literal business owner, and then the relationships that your team has with other team members who aren't the business owner. And then what is the line of like friendship professionalism, but also we get to make up the rules because it's our own business. It's our own company. And we're coming out of, the box for a reason and on purpose. And sometimes I find that kind of overwhelming to think about having all of that responsibility 
of making what those decisions are. How have you kind of, I'm not like diving right into this interview. I'm literally just wanting, I'm nosy. Like, how have you handled that like trifecta of thoughts that you have to be mindful of with your team? I'll be honest by getting it wrong a lot and learning my mistakes. Um, I think definitely because of my personality, I think I tend to err on like the Michael Scott, like we're all a big family and they're all going to love me, right? And it's like, okay, no. I guess it's not Say I'm the best boss. Say I'm the best boss. (laughs) No, but like, so I think navigating all of that is just a continual learning process. And so along the way, it's like everything from the way that we hire, you know, every time that we hire someone, we learn something new about the process and how can we onboard somebody better. Every time that somebody's left or we've had to let somebody go, it's like, okay, let's reflect. And what did we do? What could we do better in this? And, you know, looking at, for me, a big part of that is, you know, how do we really, really like try to see if somebody is going to enjoy it here because it's mm-hmm. not for everyone. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's the truth. Mm-hmm. And so I think that just like accepting that and knowing that, okay, I'm going to hire people that it's just not going to be a good fit either for us or for them, but it's probably mutual if it's not a good fit and being okay with that, which is hard for like the people pleaser in me, but that was a weird lesson to learn yeah. for me. I, re- I, I was in the camp of like, why wouldn't you love it? Well, here? And, and I, don't. Even, I remember <laughs> you told me about this time last year, Abby gave me a book recommendation on hiring for attitude. Um, Mm -hmm. And I read it and I remember very distinctly having a conversation with Emily and I was like, okay, well, going into Q1, I know we're hiring for these positions. I need you to know statistically, like how many people are actually going to stay. And she's like, no, you can't even go in with that mindset. And I was like, you like, you have to be real about it. Like they are not all going to stick. I know we love them. I know we're excited about who we're hiring and that's amazing. We need to be, but also like there has to be some realism that it isn't going to be for everyone. And part of it, you're not going to really know until they're in the room and working alongside your team and you can do all the vetting you can during the hiring process. But some of it is some of it is going to shake out in those first 90 days when they're in working especially in those first 90 days. I think that having those checkpoints is so important and so whether it's an employee or a contractor, I think just like stating that up front is just so helpful. Like, hey, let's have a 30, 60, 90 day check-in and let's just agree to be real during that point. And if you're not feeling it, like it's okay. You can let me know. And if we're not feeling it or if we have concerns, like we'll let you know too, you know? And so I think that having just that conversation before it happens prevents the like, oh God, this person's hired and now I don't feel like they're a good fit, but they're this far in. And no, like you've already pre-said you know, we're going to have these conversations and if it works great, if it doesn't, that's okay too. We're still like good humans at the end of the day. Right. So I think it's like, I want to have that mentality and and we've definitely had like processes put in place to support us in that. And I think for me, I'm still like, it's kind of stressful and a lot of responsibility to recognize that while it's okay, that it's not working out at 30, 60, 90 days, like someone like quit a job to come work here. They left whatever they were doing to do this. And I've had to like really work on myself because this is a me problem, no one else. I've had to work on my own mental headspace of just like, I want you to be happy here, but I can't like, if you're not, I can't make that happen. But the alternative then is now you just made a life change to come work here and now you don't have a job. 
like if this doesn't work out and that I hate that feeling, but like, obviously I can't fix everything all the time for everyone. So and it's like, what's the alternative? Cause I, right. found if you know, in those first 90 days, most usually it's not like a, Oh, six months later, it all worked out. You know, most nope. usually it's six months later, you're both feeling that way. And now it's even, and it's a bigger problem, even mm-hmm. a bigger problem. So it's like, You know, and that's, we've gone through a little bit of like, I've at least, we don't like follow EOS, the entrepreneur operating system, that whole Mm -hmm, thing, mm -hmm. action. We don't like do it to a T, but I've read the material, the book, all of that. And they talk about, you know, knowing if somebody is like a good fit for the team or not. And it's one of those things that it's like, totally going to butcher. I'm not going to say it exactly, but essentially like, there's one thing that if they're like a culture fit and they're going to it's like, man, you might not have all the skills, but like, you're really teachable. You have a good attitude and like, we can teach you those skills. Right. But if well, it's isn't like, that like right person, wrong seat? Kind it, of right menta- person, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I was like trying to remember yeah. it. So like, are they the right person, wrong seat? Are they the wrong person, right seat? You know, like it could be yeah. that they're just not gonna ever get the technical part of it. And if that's true, maybe they'd be in a better position on your team. Or if you don't have another position, then it's going to be better for them to go find mm-hmm. a position that is going to yeah, happen. I think that's the part that I had a hard time settling with was that even if ultimately moving on is the right move for everyone, that they're actually better off somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. a weird thing to like mm-hmm. wrap your head around. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, bit, it feels a little bit, I like I get it because like, oh, I'm gonna like throw up even as I'm saying this, but it like feels a little bit like paying God. Like, I know what's best for you. You're gonna be <laughs> somewhere else. But it's just like, yeah. oh, like vomit. I don't want to say uh-huh. that. But there is, I mean, being a business heart owner is just it's freaking hard. And so it's freaking hard. Freaking hard. And there is this like, there's the two sides of it. It is like I felt a few years ago I was going through a really tough business time. And I had this epiphany where I was like, okay, Abby, like at the end of the day, if you're going to do big things, you have to develop tough skin. And I am mm-hmm. not a tough skin person. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, I am just like weeping heart over here all the time. <laughs> and there has to be an element where I have to just make hard decisions because they have to be made. And like, so what we try to do, especially when it comes to like these interpersonal things, right? Especially if it comes to hiring or firing or conflict or all of this, what my COO and I do, which we're such a good fit because like she's an Enneagram one, she's very like black and white, like right and wrong moral compass, which is awesome. But like, so what we always do is we say, okay, let's decide, let's, this sounds really bad, but just to hear me out, let's take the human element out of it. Let's completely take the human element out of it and let's decide what is best. Like what is the best logical decision. What just from a pure black and white on paper, what needs to be done? We make that decision knowing what needs to be done. And now we say, okay, we both have huge hearts. We love our team, our culture, our this, our that. Now let's put the heart back into it. Now that we've made the decision based off of logic, facts, metrics, now let's put the human element into it and say, what's the best way for this to be done? How can this be handled in the most human way possible that shows that like, you know, we do have compassion that we are real people, right? And so that is really difficult to do. But that for me, for somebody who naturally leads, and maybe if you're a person who leads with facts and not feelings, then you need to switch that. Like you need to do the, the other part. Right. 
the feelings first, usually. So it's like, I need to remove the feelings, decide on fact, and then put the feelings back. Well, it's like, it's what we do, because we both lead with feelings as well, in a lot of scenarios. And we will build out our org chart without names, like no names, just the role, what's the need. And then we go through to identify because it's really hard sometimes when you're seeing someone's name that you know, and you love and you aren't finding a spot, you're making it feel like it's forced, like taking out the human element of it. And what is the role that your company actually needs in order to move forward, and then kind of fitting people if it makes sense. Well, and I think from a strategy standpoint, I know today we want to focus on how you can utilize hiring to grow your business. And I know for us, it's been incredibly true. Like in the last 12 months, we've grown by, we don't have total numbers yet, but 65% or more. And I think so much of it. That is freaking amazing. Can I just stop for a second? Because (laughs) I don't know if I've heard a single business owner in 2022 say those words because it's a hard year. And so that's like, this year can suck it. Like, it can go away. It is crazy. But I know, I know deep down that so much of it was because for y- literal years, Emily and I were trying to do too many things to the point that we were, even when we hired contractors, we were overseeing too much of the end result that we didn't even have the capacity to grow because we had given all of ourselves was gone and like pushed around in different areas of the business. And team has been the only way we've been able to successfully like fully let go of things. Like in the past year, I've had so many moments of like, what do you mean the whole sales page is done? I didn't write the copy. I didn't design it. I didn't, what? (laughs) I just, and like, it's such an incredible feeling, but I know not everyone has been there yet. Like maybe you have a small team, one or two or three people, or maybe you've been utilizing mostly contractors or, or maybe it's just you and you, you know, you're ready to scale, but I want to hear from your opinion. Like, how do you think you can best utilize hiring as a growth mechanism? Yeah. I mean, there's so many facets to it. For me, like it starts with me ultimately deciding that I don't have to be in control of every aspect of my business. I don't like that. (laughs) I'm realizing like this year is like everything, like we've just had just a crazy roller coaster of a year just personally and all this stuff. It's like, I'm just realizing how much I'm not really in control. And starting to come to accept that. And it's just this like, okay, if that's the reality, then I want to, one, I want to enjoy my life and my business. I don't want my entire life to be business. I want to like actually enjoy things outside of that and not be all consumed by it all the time. So that means probably it's gonna need to involve other people. Okay. If it's gonna involve other people, then that means I have to let go of being in all of it, including all the decisions. And I'm not saying that when you hire someone, you ultimately like, or that you do initially give them Mm-mm. all decision. making. No, please don't. don't you not. should not. You <laughs> should not. <laughs> no, we're talking but about here. Yes. There is a certain point where it's like, you know, over time, whether it's through a training plan, whether it's through, you know, over time that you do start to release even some decision-making power to them or for the longest time I had a sticky note and I need to put it back up. I don't know where it went. My daughter probably took it down and drew a picture on it or something, but like I had a sticky note on my desk that just said the words, what do you suggest that we do? 
because I wanted to get into the practice of me not just always having all the answers, right? Me not always being the one coming up with all the ideas and all the solutions. And it means sometimes, you know, letting them run with their solution. If I'm like, okay, I think mine's maybe like 1% better, but I'm going to let them run with theirs and doing that and like seeing how it plays out. Like that's really hard for me. Now, if I think mine is like 100% better, I'll still be like, well, let's do this. But yeah, yeah. Like the red flag is I do think it's a learning opportunity. But like knowing that letting my team take over some things, knowing that they're going to fail, knowing that they're going to make mistakes, because I did that too. I, you know, when I first started, I sent out the hello first name email. Like I did all of that. Hello, name. So, yes. <laughs> so it's like I have to allow them to do those kinds mm-hmm. of things too. And I think that my response in those mistakes says a lot. And their response in those mistakes says a lot about them too and how they're going to work out long-term. So uh, I think that for me, hiring is so much more than just like, hey, I'm going to get more hours back in the day. Yes, it's that. I'm going to get more peace of mind. But to me, it's like, it's me becoming just a more whole person too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not just, I don't have to be in control of every aspect and I can let go of things and be okay with that. Did you feel like your role shifted to be not just like more of a manager, but more of a leader as your team grew than a doer, not just because you were delegating and trying, but like, I wasn't fully quite prepared for how drastic our roles would shift as our team grew to me being like, truly, I used to be able to just call up Abby and be like, new strategy idea, let's brainstorm. And then we would run with it. And two weeks later, something new and out there would, she told me would she exist. To implement something for next week. I literally looked at her like she was crazy. But it, like a year and a half ago, that would have been a very normal thing for her to say. Her saying that uh-huh. in this season is bananas to me. Uh, we're we're going to do, do it. it. <laughs> but we're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I wasn't fully prepared to like, I wasn't ready to accept my role as a leader, as much as I had to just do it because it was happening. Did you have any sort of like, oh, I'm not just a business owner anymore. I'm not just the CEO. I'm a leader. What does that mean? I mean, I still like, I'll get to the end of the day and I have this like running like playlist in the back of my head that's like, you didn't get anything done today. And then I look at what my day was and it's like, no, I didn't do tasks today. Like I didn't make a sales page today. I didn't write an email today. I didn't this, but like I met with my senior leaders. I had, you know, a meeting with a potential new contractor. Mm -hmm. I, you know, Mm -hmm. sat down and came up with a strategy for our It's very weird. It's very weird. It's good, but it's like this... I've had to shift what productivity is. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. For that, I specifically, when it first started happening, the only thing that got me through that season was when I got to the end of the day and I felt like I didn't accomplish anything because it was really just meetings and like mm-hmm. talking about stuff all day managing. I, and managing people and like communicating when that went away, when that started happening more predominantly, the only thing that got me through initially was I started to have to accept my team's productivity as part of mine. Mm, And so like seeing how they moved forward on a project or how they finished something or wrapped something up or moved the needle here, like it's really easy to 
pass that off as someone else's thing. And I've even had to work with that internally on, you know, we have people that are in more communication centric roles and talking to them about like, I know you didn't design the deliverable, but like you played a role in this moving forward. And I want and need you to accept more of the win that the client is Mm -hmm. experiencing. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. otherwise you're all going to feel empty really quickly. Like you have to like accept and be a part of more of the group effort that your team is becoming. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. 
For me, I did a personal exercise about, gosh, it was probably about a year and a half ago where I came up with my top swim lanes. Like these are the three things I'm going to focus on as CEO. This is what CEO looks like to me. It'll look different to other people. So at that time, it was high-level strategy. So like strategy brainstorming, strategy meetings, high-level partnerships. So that is, you know, talking to potential partners, going to conferences, making connections with people and face of the company. So that's going on podcasts, going, being on the those kinds of things, right? So those were my three swim lanes. And what I would start to do is I would make, so I, I'm like a big task list person. I use ClickUp and I would create a label. So I had labels that said face of the company, high level strategy or high level partnerships. And when I would go, I would plan my day. I would like drop in what I'm doing. And then I would look at my list and I'd be like, which of these things can I not put one of those labels on? And then be like, is there a way I can pass this off? If not, then like, is this a future thing that I can figure out how to pass off in the future? You know, like, should I really be doing this? Or if, am I holding on to something that maybe I shouldn't be? And that's, that's not always a possibility. You don't always have sure. a person to do it, you know, but it's like- Just because you don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like there's always like this running list of like, okay, this is something that I do want to hand off soon because I'm finding myself- yeah. Spending a lot of time doing this thing that isn't actually one of my big three swim lane. Well, things. talk so. to me a little bit more about the delegation because I know a challenge that I see so many people face when they bring someone new in and then they make that list of the things they want to take off their plate. It's really easy to just, you know, have a one time 15 minute meeting about this thing you want. This is your task now. <laughs> this is the, the thing I want you to run. But the part that I find overwhelmed now that I know what it takes to properly delegate, I can get overwhelmed of like, I know I need to delegate this, but like knowing that I need to like document it the way I need to and like have the proper meetings and have set the proper expectations and follow up on it and kind of still maintain it for a period where I'm not doing it, but I'm checking the work to like quality check and help it move forward. I can get really caught up in the, I know what the next steps are. All that to say, how have you handled delegation and what's been helpful for you? Like, don't get me wrong. It is harder to delegate in the beginning. <laughs> like it's just, it just is. And that, I think so many people get hung up on that because I've done it both ways. Like I've tried, I've tried. And so, and other people could disagree with me again, different ways to do business and that's fine. For me, I have tried where we had a step-by-step -step training plan where everything was documented. Here's your role. Here's your expectations. Here's all the things. I've also had it where I'm like, hey, here's the basic overview. Take it and run with it. For me, it's the step-by-step -step actually works better. Oh, yeah. So I, and, I think like, I, and the people leave, the ones that I'm like, here's kind of generally what I want you to do. Here's like the, like, take it and run with it. It's like I'm speaking entrepreneur language to people who probably aren't entrepreneurs. Yeah. You know? like not the visionaries, they're the doers. So they're just like, so what works best for me is for me to say, here's exactly what I want you to do. Here are your tasks. Here are how we're going to measure it. Here's the training plan. Here's the details, 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 details. And then once they have that and they have a good grasp, then I say, what ideas do you have? How could you make this yeah. better? What are your... What are yeah. your now be visionary on it because I've done it the other way. In fact, we have this one role that we have hired, I think, four people for. And I know what we've done wrong every single time. And it's just been like, here's this area of the business that it's so much opportunity. There's so much things here. I want you to just take it and run with it. And every Good time, luck. 
flat. They just fall. Yeah. Well, and I think, happy, you know, I think to your yeah. point, initially it does require like initially for me, I had to have done the task previously. No one understood what it requires and to properly train someone on what my expectation of done looks like, because I think so often it's not that someone can't complete the task. It's just, it's not necessarily to the quality or expectation you had in your brain that you didn't even communicate. And so the detailed out version, you know, it depends on who I'm talking to, how long they've been in the business and how different this new task is from their current role that to me determines, do I need to like really sit down and like develop out an SOP and training materials and really dig into this? Or can I let them swim for a little bit and then kind of come back and like give them a longer leeway and then like rein it back in if there's some issues? And it really depends on the person. But, you know, I found being mindful of how they learn is such a critical piece because some of my team members need auditory instruction. Some of them need a visual walkthrough. Some of them need like a literal document that's like completely typed out step by step. And I used to, it's really easy when you get started on this to judge which version of learning is better or worse, but it's only because one is likely more convenient for you and how you learn yourself or how you feel like you can delegate, but me being adaptable to say, I know this person can use a two minute loom video and run with it. And this person, I'm going to have to spend half a day documenting it out and that's okay. Yeah. Cause it's worth your time either it's way worth it in the long run. And and I think this, Oh, go ahead. Well, I want to call out something you just said, cause I want our listeners to really hear this. Like I think we've all made the mistake if you've hired before and especially if you've delegated treating someone like they are an entrepreneur could like, that's it right there of like what we're doing where we're like, Oh, I have a thousand ideas. I bet you have a thousand ideas and here you go. And they're like, I work for you for a reason. Like I didn't start my own business for a reason. Tell me what to do. And so I think holding on to that as a business owner is a really great reminder. And I will say there are exceptions to that. And I think uh, sure. our conversation, because we hire a lot of employees, I feel like this is a very employee conversation. I do think a lot of times it applies to contractors too. Yes. There are exceptions to that rule. So if you hire a contractor who is truly an expert in their field and you're hiring them to come in as an expert in their field, it's still very good to have clear expectations. Here's what I'm hoping to get. What do you want? Mm -hmm. Yes. But it doesn't necessarily have to be as like, here's exactly how to do it. How they get there. Absolutely. I got this. You know, like I'm not going to tell a web designer how to design. I don't know how to design a website. Like I don't know, but like I can say, here are my expectations. Here's my goal, my vision for it. Same with like, my one of the very first epic hire that I made was an OBM. She's now my COO, right? She came in as a contractor and she had gone through this massive certification on how to be an online business manager. And she had a system and she had a process and she was mm-hmm. like, here's what we're going to do. Bam, 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 yep. bam. And I'm like, I am at your mercy. Like, yes, yep. please lead me into the future. And she did. So there are those exceptions. So if you have a contractor that comes in with that kind of attitude. There are two kinds of contractors or are the ones that are just like, let me help. Tell me what to do. Like I'm here to serve. And like, I want to run, I want to like kind of slide into some of your systems, but then there are the ones that are, you know, like, Nope, here's how I work. ABC, this is a process. They're the subject matter experts. Yes. Those people, as long as you agree with their theology and you, or their theology, (laughs) 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 
<laughs> you must agree with their theology. No, <laughs> their methodology. If you agree with their methodology and you can have like reasonable expectations, then yeah. I don't think you have to dictate as much as the how, obviously, because they're uh, the experts. Agreed. That's what them. Yeah. 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 We've 100% made the mistake of hiring contractors who weren't subject matter experts and expected them to be subject matter experts and then hired subject matter experts and tried to be like to in the process. And there's, you know, we just like you, I'm sure have made like 10 kajillion yeah. mistakes over the yeah, years. And hiring employees, it's a whole other thing. And because sometimes you want to bring someone in that is a higher level that has more experience that you need them to come in with some to know of the their things. own methods mm-hmm. and some of their own best practices. And other times you're like, I want to bring someone in that's moldable and really bring them up. Not that they shouldn't have a certain set of basic skills and even skills related to their role, but that you would still hone them on your process. Less telling them how to do that task well, so much as here's our process and how it flows and how it's organized, not necessarily if they need to, like you said, design a web page, that they need Mm -hmm. to to design a web page without instruction. (laughs) You just need to have what's the project management to completing it on time and at what standard are you, what's your expectations on what done looks like? Well, tell me about... You mentioned having more of like the focused ownership, like, and specifically the swim lanes, which I think is really critical, but how has that informed growth? Like, are you noticing that you hire for different roles because of your focus or like, tell me more about how that aids in part of the process. So you guys, I mean, we've known each other a long time. I think that like... It is like the one thing I drill in on over and over and over and over. Like I am, I mean, there's obviously some, there's time for pivot. There's time for change. There's time for all of that. But I do believe that so much of the success in business that we've had is just kind of this, we're just going to do a few things really, really well. So I think focus ownership is two part. It's like a, from a business standpoint, let's get laser focused on just serving one type of customer in the beginning that can change over time. It can grow all the things, but in the beginning, let's just serve one type of customer really, really well with these, you know, these few outlets of visibility with these few products, you know, like I think that having a hundred different offers and chasing all the different methodologies is what has, every time I go down that road, I regret it, you know? And so I do, it's like, so in the very beginning, like way back in 2016, I was like, I'm going to blog and do Pinterest. And like, that was all I did. I literally, I was mm-hmm. like, I did that for a whole year and grew my email list and started a course and all the things and had success just by being super, super focused. That's changed over time. Like, it's not like that's still what I do because Pinterest does not do what it used to do, you know? So you obviously have to be informed and make pivots, but you know, it's like, okay, so what is our all in focus now? And so even, you know, this next year, what are we doing? Okay, we're going to have really like three big focuses for the year, we're going to come up with a, so we use like a lot of funnels inside of our business to make sales. And so our organic funnels work really well, our paid ad funnels have never really worked well. And so we're like, let's try to develop a new paid ads strategy. Let's try to do a focus on short form content because everybody loves short form video content right now. It's kind of like we're going to jump on that bandwagon and we're going to lean into some evergreen partnerships. Like we have three 
big things. Everything else is kind of staying the same. Like we're not releasing, obviously that could change, but we don't plan to release any new products. We don't plan to start any new like social media channels. Like I show up once a week on YouTube, that's going to stay the same. And like the methodology is going to stay the same. So we're just like, what are our couple of growth levers we can pull and pull those? Let's do them really, really well. It's like the whole you know, the book essentialism, like instead of doing a hundred things kind of good, let's do a few things just really, really, really well. And so I have found that as a business standpoint translates over to my personal a lot too, where I'm like, it is not best for me to be like in a spreadsheet or in lead pages or whatever WordPress trying to navigate. A th- like, it's just not like, I'm not the best person to do that. And every time I find myself getting into these things that aren't my swim lanes, I'm like, this is not how the company. What am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? And you know, my team has told me like they're like, "Can we be honest with you?" Yes, please be honest. <laughs> they're like, "For so you hire us to do, you hire me to do a sales page, and then I do the sales page, and then I see that you come in and you know, or like, oh well, I need this other sales page. I'm just going to duplicate it and like do something myself because I need another one, and I just I don't want to bother them. I, and that's usually it's not. And like, I'm going to do it better. Like I have this, like, I don't want to overwhelm them. I want them to be happy. And so I'll just do it myself. But like, when I do that, I'll just do it myself. It actually makes them feel like, do you not think I'm good at my job? Like, no, you're yeah. really your job. I just am a control freak and try to do things myself as not to overwhelm you, you know? And it's like, it's not overwhelming to let me do my job. Like, let me do it because then it begins to make me doubt. Like, do you really need me if you're stepping in and doing it all the time? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's true. It's true. You know? So, okay. Okay. I hear you. <laughs> for me, you know, hiring is this idea of like, let me focus on what I'm good at. Let my team focus on what they're good at. My weaknesses aren't weaknesses. They're an opportunity for somebody else's strength. And we're all happiest if we're working in our strengths. Right. So like, my strengths are strategy, futuristic, positivity, woo, and communication. Those are my strengths. If I'm over here doing something that's not in my strengths, I'm not happy. And if my team is not able to be in their strengths, they're not happy in their job. So like, let's just do what we're all strong at. And when it all comes together, it's pretty freaking magical. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we maybe need to have the swim lane conversation in our year-end planning session this year. There's a lot of big picture conversations we're going to be having for next year. Because like, I need that's, 17 days, Emily. Maybe. Yeah, I know. I know. That's the constant filter, though, that I'm trying to put on not just my role, but everyone's role. But there is literally no sense in being the co-founder of a company where you build a job that you hate going to. There's no point. And I refuse to do that. And so are there seasons where I'm working harder than other seasons? Absolutely. Are there times where I'm like, oh man, I'm tired or I like did a whole lot of tasks that I eventually would hopefully love to get off my plate? Absolutely. That's also what is required of a co-founder in seasons of growth and downturn and everything. And there's also the intentionality behind if I let myself do that forever, then I will be burnt out. I will be unhappy and I won't be able to continue to foster the space that I'm hoping to get to. Well, talk to us about how your brand new baby product makes all of this even easier for business owners when they're looking to hire. For sure. So we've been having these discussions for years now and talking to business owners about, you know, how do you hire well? How do you hire like you know, for me, my business is my third child. <laughs> like I put so much time and energy and money and all the things into it, you know? And so 
it is a big deal to let somebody else into that, somebody that you can trust and somebody that really catches the vision and the mission of what you're doing, somebody who will fit into the culture. And so we looked at the current hiring platforms and we felt like that was not really something that happens in a, especially like a contractor relationship. So what if we brought that idea of, you know, hiring for culture first? What if we brought that idea of, you know, really two people coming together because they believe in a common mission, even in a contractor relationship? And how could that change a business? And so we created Hello Savvy, which is a place to hire mission-minded freelancers. And so when you go onto the site, you can, there's a lot of advanced filtering options. You can, every freelancer has really infused their personality into their profile. So there's like a lot of customization in the profiles. You can filter like by people's Enneagram type or, you know, I mean, all these like self-reported things by certificates, by the tools that they use. I want, you know, somebody who already knows ConvertKit and Kajabi, you know, whatever. So you can filter by all of those things. In addition, whenever you post a job opportunity, you post it with your company's mission and value and just like an overview of your company culture. Because at the end of the day, if you're working with somebody who doesn't feel congruent with that, like it's just it's not going to be as seamless. I'm not saying that it's impossible, but we're really more of a, let's help you find a long-term freelancer fit. One-time projects here and there, we get that. That's, you know, you can find whoever to do that. But at the end of the day, like if I want somebody who's going to partner with my business and come in and be, you know, a JV manager or a Pinterest manager or to be editing my podcast even, like I want somebody who's gonna like not cut out the parts that we're like, no, that's really good. Like don't cut that out. It's like, somebody who gets it. And so that's the idea behind our platform. And it's what we've built over at Hello Savvy. Well, I can't even express how excited I am about what this could do to our industry. And it has been a need for a long time. Finding the right fit has always been a challenge and getting people who understand what it's like to run a business online. It is just a different world. And so a lot of the other job posting platforms out there are for the more traditional corporate jobs. And so I love that this is both a platform for business owners looking to hire, but also for those of you listening who are looking to get hired, like this is a way where we marry this experience and have it come together. So I'm so proud of all the work you've been doing the last several years, and I am excited to see it come to fruition. If you guys want to check out Hello Savvy, I encourage you to go to bossproject.com slash Hello Savvy, and it's S-A-V-V-Y. I want you to dive in see what it's like and poke around. I'm really excited to see all this becomes over the next couple of years. And I mean, you've been talking about this with us even forever. And so to finally see you be able to go live this year was such a surreal moment, even for us on the sidelines of being like, I know how hard she's worked on this and how long you've wanted something like this to be available. And that's, it's so exciting to see it happen. Yeah, we're really pumped. It's been a labor of love, but it's finally (laughs) here. And I'm so, so excited for it. And people are really catching wind to like, what this is. And that makes my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, y'all definitely go check it out. And Abby, where can they learn more from you or hang out in your circle? Where's the best place to send our listeners? For sure. Like Abby said, just go to bossproject.com slash hello savvy to check out the site. And you can also follow us on Instagram at hello savvy co. Awesome. Thank you so much for hanging out and chatting with us today. This has been a blast catching up. Yes. Thank you again for having me. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. 
with thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.